Good afternoon, everybody, and uh, welcome to the third podcast, Spotlight, Spotlighting Women in Investment Industry, but obviously all are welcome. Um, my name is Gillian Hepburn and I'm from Schroders. And the purpose of the monthly podcast, as you'll probably know, is to help encourage young people, and in particular women, to consider financial services and the investment industry as an attractive career option. Um, why might they not? And, um, and how can we help um, as a result of the podcasts? Well, today we've uh, explored some of the common myths that might surround this. And we've also started to explore um, some more specific te themes, but also consider why, uh, how do we demonstrate that we are seriously an inclusive industry? Uh, last month, we had a great session. We looked at imposter phenomenon and we got some great feedback. So thank you, everybody, for that, because it's always really important to hear from our listeners as to what's landing well. Um, the first two podcasts are already on the Diversity uh, Project website and, and also actually on Spotify. I think that's quite cool, actually. Anyway, today I'm joined by two amazing guests to explore what we've called celebrating our differences. So um, who's in the virtual studio with me today? Well, first of all, I'm delighted to welcome Maggie Craig. Um, Maggie's the head of the FCA's Scotland office and was previously head of insurance and pension policy and strategy and competition at the FCA. Um, she's got a great CV. She was also an, she's also an honorary uh, professor at Heriot Watt University, sits on the advisor panel for the University of Edinburgh's Financial Technology and Policy MSc, uh, chairs the Financial Education Forum run by the Money and Pension Service uh, here in Scotland, and also held a number of senior roles at the ABI and, and also at Avon. But she's also a really good friend of mine um, and an ex-colleague from, say, 20 years ago, when we both worked together at Standard Life. So welcome to Maggie. I'm also joined by Danny Hughes, who works uh, here at Schroders in the early recruitment team. Now, being um, a mere 21, and I hate to say that, Born when Maggie and I were working together. That's awful, but great. Um, Danny is in the very early stages of her career and joined us three years ago, straight from school. Uh, she's now passionate about helping other young people join our industry. So um, let's get going, celebrating our differences. You know, as we know, diversity covers um, a wide range of, of areas. You just look at the number of work streams in the diversity projects. But today, what we're going to look at is now, what do we mean by differences? And is it actually just another way for expressing diversity? Is it okay to be a bit different? Um, and let's share some examples between us. Is there a perception that our industry only attracts a certain type of person? Interesting debate. And if so, um, what can we do to help encourage change? Now, do our differences come from our background, for example? I've often spoken about um, joining our industry as a TEM. Yep, I stamped the mail and made the tea. Um, I've only only got an English degree and I've also often had feedback on my regional accent um, um, and also um, coming from the local comp school that was another area where people strangely thought I was maybe a bit different but there you go um, I just thought it's always interesting then to think a bit about background um, Maggie can I start with you what, what was your route into financial services and, and to what extent do you think that that brings differences to our industry? My route was completely accidental, Jill. Um, I went up to university originally to read maths, having come like you from a comprehensive and a fairly rough area in Glasgow. I went up to read maths and I hated it. I lasted a term before I left. And then I had to do something. I got a transfer to English, but I had to do something in the intervening six to nine months. And I ended up working for an employee benefit consultancy, 
Um, so then I went back to university. I intended to teach. I got to the end of my degree. I couldn't afford not to get a proper job. I couldn't afford a year at teacher training college. And the company I'd worked for temporarily were on the graduate note round and I ended up with them. So it was just almost entirely by accident. But I think it does bring something a bit different. My, my degree was English and drama, which is not a normal route into financial services. But I've got a bit of a mathematical brain a bit. So I brought the analytical bit with me from my mathematical side. I brought the communications piece with me from my, my English degree. And it wasn't a normal route. I mean, most of the people I worked with, most of the graduate intake at the time were men. Uh, and most of them were in some sort of mathematical discipline. So it was, it was quite different probably more different than I realized at the time, to be honest. You know, that's it's a really fair point because, um, you know, likewise, I, I've got an English degree. Um, I definitely don't have a mathematical background. My brain just isn't wired that way. So for me to end up in financial services was a bit unusual as well, because I, I also thought I might have, I might have taught. Um, and, and also, I didn't really think about it at the time, but most of the other graduates were were men and they were actuaries, interestingly. Yeah. And uh, I kind of, I didn't really feel like I didn't fit in, but um, I guess it was a bit at that point in time, a little bit unusual. But I guess what you and I brought to the industry at that point in time was, was certainly a, what I always called diversity of thought. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, I think it's probably it wasn't so much at the start, but gradually you realised you were different. You know, the actuaries got promoted sooner and, you know, people had a tendency to promote people like them. So male actuaries promoted other male actuaries that kind of yeah. thing you were kind most of the women you were sort of you were kind of expected to be in hr or comms or something you were expected to be in product development or whatever so it was it was gradual and it was quite insidious and also at the time it felt as though that was the way it was so you didn't necessarily question it because that actually was normal it, it just was it, that, it was like. that was the way it was yeah yeah and I, I don't know about you but I certainly think in the 30 years that I've been in the industry things have massively changed in terms of how we feel and and the perceptions but 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 maybe we should explore this with Danny Danny you you joined straight from school now um, and maybe people on the podcast think that's a little bit different or unusual and then um, how did that feel for you and did you have any sort of concerns at the time what were your thoughts yeah, so I mean, I guess joining from school is less common than coming from uni or anything like that. Um, but to be honest, I'd never really loved school. I was always reasonably average as a student. Um, I never really did any extracurricular bits or anything like that. And so I didn't think university, university was really for me. Um, so I just started applying to, you know, the odd jobs, um, not really knowing or expecting to get much. Um, so when I got called in for, from Schroeder's for an assessment centre, obviously I was quite shocked. Um, coming into the role, I was really nervous about working in a corporate environment. I'd never been anywhere in of that kind of environment before. Didn't really know what to expect. Also never been great at maths or really knew much about economics or anything like that. So I did feel like I was really going in kind of blind as such. Um, but as soon as I joined, you know, quickly learned that it's not it's not the be all and end all of what you already know. It's about, you know, being willing to kind of learn a little bit more um, and kind of open to new experiences and stuff. But yeah, no, it was definitely scary initially. <laughs> That's a really good point that you make. It's um, it's almost like let, let's get in, in over the door. Right. And then we mm. learn and develop and grow and understand the industry. Yep. Yeah. I, I'm keen to explore. You mentioned the word average. Right. Um, what did what did you mean by that when you said you felt a bit average? Because um, that's an interesting way to describe it. 
yeah so I guess what I mean by that is I've school's not really ever come naturally to me let's say so education I've I've, I've enjoyed it but it wasn't something that I wasn't really naturally smart um I've always had to work really hard to get the grades that I did and even then I wasn't necessarily a really high achiever I never really got involved in extracurricular bits mainly because I never really knew what I wanted to do in my career um I was always a bit you know unsure on the different routes out there and things like that so I guess yeah I just kind of always put myself down as someone who's a little bit average who hadn't really done much had you know had part-time jobs and things but never done any work experience or anything else like some of the people at my school had done um so yeah I always just thought of myself as <laughs> kind of average and, and and has has being in financial services changed that for you yeah definitely I mean I, I still would say that you know I think coming straight from school into financial services or maybe any firm really is still quite a new thing um but it's definitely growing becoming more popular university is great but I don't think it's for everyone um and I don't think it would have done me any more benefit than what uh, working at Schroeder's has done anyway um and so yeah I think at the end of the day work doesn't kind of um directly line up with how you did at school obviously it always helps um to have that kind of um experience and things but I don't think it lines up directly and so it's one of those things where actually I wasn't <laughs> as disadvantaged as what I thought I was when I was joining. Great so I think we're already busting some myths about um whether you need <laughs> maths and economics and finance degrees and and whether you can come in straight from school or or, or from university, so um, so it's a great start to this. Um, Maggie, you you've always shared a great example of, of feeling different, and and this was I, I guess you know in part, if I'm really honest, was the inspiration for for me to want to do this podcast. Um, would you like to share this with us? Because I just think it's a great example. Yeah, I know you've commented on it a couple of times. Okay, so here goes. Um, what happened was I left a nice, comfortable job in standard life that I knew I could do and I was very comfortable with. I'd been there for years. I had lots of friends. I knew exactly what I was doing. And I took a job that meant I was going to be working in London three or four days a week. I was going to have to live away from home three or four days a week. And it was a completely different discipline. I hadn't expected to get the job, so I'd kind of fallen into it, which is a bit of a hallmark of my career I think anyway <laughs> I joined and um, within I don't know four to six weeks I was utterly miserable I came off the plane one night in tears I said to my husband that's it I'm fed up I'm phoning standard life I want my old job back I can't do this I was working with a group of directors who were mostly men um, they had all been to Oxford or Cambridge they talked in accents that I didn't have they talked about people who tossed around names who turned out to be cabinet secretaries and members of parliament that I'd never heard of that they'd roomed with at Cambridge. I, my accent was awful. I just felt dreadful. I tried to change. I bought some smart lady lawyer suits. I did my nails and my hair differently and none of it worked. So anyway, my husband was very supportive and he said, we need the money to get back on the plane. So I got back <laughs> on the plane on Monday morning and I went to my boss and I said, I can't do this. This is, this is horrible. This is miserable. I hate it. And he said, but I hired you because you're different. And I thought, well, you could have told me that at the time. So we had a long conversation about how he wanted me to be the grit and the oyster. And I said, well, I can do that. But that's actually a very lonely place to put someone. I'm going to need some support. And on the one hand, I was annoyed with him that we hadn't had that conversation up front. And on the other hand, I felt, well, he was being quite supportive. So I kind of had a stern word with myself. And the next time we had an away day, I went in with my Glasgow University sweatshirt on and I never looked back. 
<laughs> I just absolutely love that example, Maggie. And I, I'm always really grateful for you sharing it because, um, you know, there's just lots of things in there, isn't there? Um, yeah. I, I also have to say, I, I love the idea of uh, the lady lawyer suits <laughs> and the nails. <laughs> oh, because I like it all. <laughs> well, I, ju I just think sometimes, and, and I don't know, Danny, if you think this, that, you know, certainly people do have a perception of, um, you know, if we all work in the city, we've all got to be um, really smart. And I have to say, uh, certainly one of the things that uh, lockdown has done for us, as somebody quoted to me the other day, we're all living a life of lycra. Um, and and I, I do think, isn't it, it's not about the external image, it's about um, what we bring to the party. And, and I also think, I, I guess what was really brave was you standing up and, and having that conversation but also having a supportive um, male that you could have that conversation with that was really honest, yeah. And and, and and told you why he'd hired you, Maggie, yeah? Yeah, I still think it would have been better if he told me at the start. Um, yeah. Though to be clear, I don't think he realised. I mean, and none yeah. of my colleagues were setting out to be unkind. They weren't deliberately no, no. excluding me. That, again, was just something that I, I kind of fell into. That just was that environment. I suppose the learn for them could have been to be more aware of the environment they were creating. And I think we are more aware now of those sorts of environments and those sorts of differences and how that impacts people. I mean, I felt dreadful. I was miserable, utterly miserable. Yeah, and, there's, and as we know, we all spend a lot of our time at work um, and there's nothing worse than being miserable, particularly if like you and I, we spend a lot of time away from family. And um, that can make it even harder, can't it? You know, being miserable is bad enough. Being miserable on your own is, is, is frankly quite awful. Um, so I just think it's a, a great story though, back to, I mean, Danny, when you deal with um, young people in your role in terms of, you know, recruitment, do you think that there's a perception that as an industry, um, we, we only hire certain types? Yeah, so I mean, I think, I don't think it's really come from anywhere specific necessarily. I think um, sometimes, I, I mean, I, so I come from outside of London um, and I think a lot of people my age, you know, younger leaving school think that London's somewhere for, you know, the high achievers, you know, the, the best, the best kind of thing. Um, and it's sometimes unreachable, which obviously isn't the case. Um, but I also think, again, the finance and math side of things, people think you need to love that. Um, when there are just so many obviously roles available um, in finance, in financial services without having to be really good at maths or economics or anything like that. Um, and I think the corporate side of things can really scare people too. So, you know, going into an environment that people are used to because they're working in every day, but is so different to school and even university, just such a different kind of um, flip that, you know, people are kind of a bit apprehensive to go into it and things like that. Yeah, it's interesting that you use the word corporate and, and maybe that all often has certain connotations about it and, and maybe about people certainly being unapproachable, perhaps. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but I, I think it's about being able to, I think once you're in, then it's different. So how do we make sure that we get that message out, if that makes sense, to, to for me, um, recruit and attract the right kind of talent to our industry? Because for me, um, diversity is all about making sure we've got the right the right talent and and particularly diversity of thought. Um, you know, Maggie, one of the things um, again that, that I always find interesting is this whole benefit of a diverse industry and kind of reflecting our customers. Um, is that something I think that that you think is really important for us? Yeah, I think it is very important. A lot of it is about how people think 
and how your customer thinks. And if you don't know how your customer thinks, then it's going to be very difficult for you to devise a product or a service that meets their needs. So to take an example, I remember years ago, actually, probably around about the time you and I were working together, we had a leaflet that was going out that said um, to customers that, you know, if they left their pension early, they would get back the value of their fund, which seemed fine. And the way it worked at that time, there were a lot of early charges. So actually, it meant that if you left early, you sometimes got back nothing. There was no value in your fund because the charges had eaten it all up. Now, obviously, that's long gone now. But the point of this story is that I went to talk to the, one of the actuaries who drafted the leaflet. And I said, look, we can't send this out because it says you're going to get back the value of your fund. And people are getting back zero. We, we can't say that to them. And he looked at me and he said, but the value is zero. Now, to a mathematical mind, that's perfectly <laughs> all right, because zero yeah. was a number and zero was the value. Exactly. But to a real human being, if you tell them they're going to get the value of their fund, they expect to get something, not zero. Not zero. Now, it wasn't that he was right and I was wrong, or, or obviously I was right and he was wrong, but if that wasn't <laughs> the point. The point was his mathematical mind just yeah. didn't see anything wrong with that. We were just talking to a normal person. We had cons consumers complaining all the time about these letters. It's that kind of thing. And it, that's a very small example. But that kind of mindset, you need somebody who's willing to say, no, I'm sorry, this is silly. This, this, this won't work. You can't do this. And that's yeah. where diversity thought comes in for me. Minor example, but quite powerful, I think. Oh, a, a very powerful. And, and the simplest examples are always the best, aren't they? And it, it kind of just shows a bit of what right brain, left brain thinking on that one. Yeah. And, you know, the example I always used to use and probably still do um, when I'm when I'm reading material is, um, would my mum understand this? Yeah. And, you know, I'm. I'm not saying she's a stupid person, but if my mum wouldn't understand it, then it's it's kind of not fit for purpose. So I, I think you're absolutely right. And I, I, it's back to as well as making sure that um, we do have that diversity of thought, um, but also encouraging people to understand that there is a huge variety of roles within our industry that people like Maggie and I with English degrees um, can, can do really well. Um, Dan, Danny, do you see that in terms of young people coming into the industry, understanding that there's a significant variety of opportunities for them. Yes, I mean, I guess some people um, kind of know people that have worked in financial services, maybe in a HR or marketing role or something like that. And so they do know that there are other roles, but the majority of people presume that, especially in graduate roles or like graduate programs that we have or apprenticeships, they're not, they just think that they're all maybe investment. And um, cause you know, that is the main thing as we do as a business. And so I think that they presume that that's what they're going into and um, when actually obviously there are so many roles available but I think that is sometimes what makes people a little bit more scared of going for a business like us or for an industry like us because people think that they need to have all the information ready and know everything um, that they're going into but it's really not the case and so I think you know the more that we can do to kind of raise awareness that we have so many roles with so many different kinds of people as well um, the better. Yeah. And also back to your earlier point about once you're in, it's about making sure that you get the right um, development and training and coaching and support. And, um, you know, if I certainly look back my career and I'm sure Maggie, you'll be the same. I've worked in a significant number of different roles across um, across the industry, some of which I never thought um, if I look back at my younger self, I'd ever be doing. Um, and I don't know if that's the same for you in terms of the direction your career can take and the opportunities. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've worked in marketing, I've worked in product development, I've worked in policy, I've worked in communications, I've worked in public affairs, I've been parts of conduct of government. 
you know, I, I, you know, when I sort of took that job when I was 21 or 22, because I needed a job in pensions and it was a job in pensions administration, I had no idea where it would lead, but I, I, you know, I would never have thought that I would have worked in something which let me work with, you know, senior people in the treasury and DWP. It's, it's amazing the opportunities this industry can offer. Yeah, I would completely agree. I mean, like you, I fell into the industry by accident rather than by design as well, which sadly most people often do. Um, you know, I came in on the graduate programme because I decided I wasn't going to be a teacher after all and didn't really know where I was going to end up. Um, but if I look back, you know, 30 years, I certainly didn't think I would end up doing what I'm doing now. But, but the path along the way, actually, and one of the things I'm always keen to get across the past's been quite good fun, right? Hasn't it? I mean, as for me, you know, it's it, it, it's had some ups and downs and, and roundabouts, but actually in terms of what I've been able to do and and also um, the opportunity to put my hand up and, and offer to do things, I think is something that I'm always keen to get across to people. You know, give, give it a chance because you just never, you just never know. And, and I guess, Maggie, you've probably felt like that at times as well. You know, might as well give this a go, apart from the fact that <laughs> we need a job. <laughs> but um, let, let's just give it a shot, yeah? Yeah, totally. I think the other thing for me is that, and, and without sounding too much as though I'm on the moral high ground, this stuff matters. You know, you're dealing with people's yeah. lives, you're dealing with pensions, you're dealing with their houses, you're dealing with their life savings. This is not some trivial piece. So, and for me, you know, particularly now where I work at the FCA, that kind of public service ethos is very, very important. And I think that's something that the financial services industry, it's not always been perfect. We only have to look back to the crisis for that. But I think the industry has learned a lot and come a long way because as I say, this stuff matters. It's really, really important. Yeah, I would completely agree with you. I mean, it, it and, you know, to be honest, it probably took me a few years to get my head around that. And it wasn't probably till I sat doing a, a little stint in claims department, listening to phone calls coming in from people, particularly bereaved people, where suddenly we were able to say, look, because you have taken protection on your mortgage, you don't need to worry about some of that stuff. And, and taking pain away from people and also reassuring them that somebody was there to help them out. And I, I think it's, it's, it's a really good point. And I talk all the time about how we have um, a privilege to manage people's hard-earned cash and that's really really important so what we do as an industry I think sometimes we can get hung up on on all the jargon and stuff but actually we fulfill a really important purpose um, and I'm not sure maybe if we get that across I don't know Danny it, it, you know when we're thinking about recruiting and bringing in the right people is that something you think that we um, take account of enough or that people well, understand yeah, I mean, again, I think some people do, um, dependent on their background, whether they know people that are in the industry or have dealt with dealt with a business like ours before. But I think a lot of the time that, that kind of thing is overlooked. Um, I think people, when they're looking for jobs, if they don't really know what they want to do or if they've not had the chance to have that much experience, all they see is the role that, they, that they're doing. And a lot of the time coming in, it might be more of an admin job or something like that. And so they don't always see that process from end to end. And so the experience, the, you know, the opportunity to talk to someone at an event or an impact day or something like that, um, to hear about what they do with clients and things like that really does make a big difference, I think. Yeah, I, I just think it's such an important point, isn't it, in terms of... Yeah. Of, of the value that we can all bring. And, and I guess it's back, back to, again, diversity in terms of um, the customers that we, we look after um, and, and making sure that we reflect that all the time. 
Um, and that's why certainly for me, I'm, I'm always keen to bring more young people, but also women into our industry. Because I think, you know, it's about it's about balance, isn't it? I think if if, the, if our customers are 51% female, then let, let's make sure that, you know, that we reflect that and that we encourage people um, to come into the industry and to stay in the industry. Now, I'm really conscious, this, this half hour always goes far too quickly for me. So we've got about five minutes left, and I'm just keen just to explore as we finish. Danny, if, if you look back to your younger self, which isn't that long ago, actually, um, what, what, would you be, what would be your advice to the people that are listening today? Um, I guess, in a nutshell, just go for it. So I think there was a lot of roles that I might have seen, um, you know, when I was applying for jobs, I just thought, oh, I won't get that one. Um, you know, there's no point in me going for it. I'll just, I'll just leave it. When actually, you know, if I hadn't applied for the job, um, obviously I wouldn't be here now doing this. And so I think you've just got to go for it. You know, push yourself out of your comfort zone um, and, and just take the opportunities when they come to you. Um, you know, the worst that's going to happen is maybe someone will say no or something along those lines. But yeah, I think just make the most out of all the opportunities that you get. Okay, so maybe I could summarise that as be brave. Yeah, be brave and be bold. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maggie, what about yourself? Um, I think there's a lot in that. I, I think the other thing I would say is, um, you know, work with your colleagues. Work with your colleagues. You know, you, you, mostly I have found that most of the people I've worked with throughout my working life have actually been incredibly supportive. So I think work with mm. your colleagues, learn from your colleagues, help them. You never know when you might need their help. And I think the other thing is, um, and I know, you know, we all have to put food on the table and pay the mortgage and all the rest of it. But my other point is, if you're in a job that is absolutely not you, don't. Life is too short to do jobs you hate. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that was certainly borne out by you being brave enough to stick your hand up and say that at that point. So uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's some amazing points there. I mean, I certainly all, all, all through my career. Um, have have tried to make the most of having some amazing colleagues and I think although this is about spotlight on women I always say that there are some amazingly supportive men out there and without them in my career I certainly wouldn't be where I am today you know that's how I got recruited in the first place um, and, and we've had other podcasts that have looked at that and I, I just think it's really important to to make the most of the people that you have around you and, and learn from them and and ask for support if you need it. And sometimes that can be really difficult. But but clearly, you know, as many as you found that the rewards are significant and in terms of having what could be difficult conversations. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, and lastly but not least, to, to be happy. You know, one of the things we've explored in this podcast is the absolute variety of roles within this industry. And I've certainly moved around a number of different roles and then and I guess some have been happier than others. But but what the industry gives us is a real opportunity to 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 move about and to find the thing that you know really works for us. So hopefully we're leaving everybody today with some great messages about um uh, the opportunities within financial services, some of the myths that we can bust and um, coming in from different paths is always really important in terms of you know, access to our industry. You don't always have to be a graduate and Danny's certainly proven that. And I think what, 
what Maggie and I have also proven is that once you're in, you might find that you stay a long time and it, it might have a few bumps along the way, right? But actually, you know, speak up, use the opportunities, use your colleagues and um, and, and enjoy it. Um, and I think that would be our, our closing message today on this podcast. So all that's left is for me to say thank you so much to um, the guests today. Our next podcast is on Friday the 30th of April and we're going to be exploring um, the difference between EQ and IQ, a different interesting one. So are women more emotional and do you get um, IQ um, and have to suffer the EQ as well? So I think this is going to be a really interesting one, maybe suffer is not the right word there actually, but do you get intelligence without the emotion and, and how can we actually manage emotion in, in what is a positive way? So it, it just um, it's just left me to uh, thank our guests. I'm absolutely delighted that you were able to join me today. I do appreciate it's Friday, so I appreciate very much your time. And I hope that everybody uh, has a great weekend and we look forward to seeing you and hearing you in the next podcast. Thank you very much. Thanks, Gillian. Thanks, honey. Bye. Bye. Okay.